1: Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Monday. It is another episode in the queue for me. But hey, Claude, how you doing? Hello, it's me you're looking for. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. My weekend was like a rough one. I've been home for so many days straight. I'm looking forward to busting out of this thing. Um, but happy to be back on the show. Happy to be chatting with you, even though, you know, we chat all day, every day. This is Literally, nothing new. Literally,
0: we're on FaceTime for four hours yesterday just saying nothing.
1: Right. The only difference today is like I'm sitting in a chair and I'm wearing AirPods.
0: Yeah. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. No, I'm wearing underwear today and a bra.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, only the best for
0: the toasters. Definitely. Well, it is,
1: you know, a brand new week here, but it's a short week for us because Claude is leaving us on Tuesday. We're very happy for you. Like, we're sad to see you go, but we're so happy for you.
0: Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to take this trip. I'm acting like I've never been on a trip before. Like, the amount of things that I've bought, you know, just like preparing, like I'm actually going to Milan for a month when I'm... In reality, going to the Caribbean for like four days still it's something, and it 's somewhere and Bon voyage to you because it's going to be fabulous thank you so much for your well wishes on my journey i'm very I, much looking forward to it
1: you know i'm not I'm not upset about having a long weekend ahead of me, but I do need to make a plan because I can't stay home again because like I have officially hit cabin fever like the like the only person I talk to is Bruiser <laughs> and like It's it's not all right. Like Bruiser and I need to leave the house and go somewhere and do something. So I need to make a plan. Um, But other than that, excited for the long weekend.
0: Yes, I'm excited as well. But we have a great um, show for you guys. I literally watched so much stuff over the weekend that I really want to discuss with you. We also have the Real Housewives of Atlanta recap. And also there was like so much going on. Over the weekend, like on social media in the bachelor world, and we're gonna talk about it. Um, but I haven't seen you since our hangover episode, which I cannot believe was only on Friday. But thank you guys for all the love. Everyone really seemed to enjoy that episode. Everyone loves when you're hungover. And I guess there was, um, it was misleading because you weren't hungover, you were still drunk. Yeah, no, Friday was really like a journey for me. I went from like waking up feeling so out of sorts to being drunk, to being tired, and then dealing with probably the worst case of hangover anxiety I've ever had. Like I almost sent myself into a full-blown panic attack. But you didn't. No, but I didn't, but I almost did.
1: Yeah, that's literally the worst feeling and why I avoid drinking at all costs. Because like when I feel that way, I'm like okay, I will do anything in my power to never
0: feel this way again. What do I have to do?
1: What do I have to do?
0: Not drink. Um, But in addition to all the things I watched over the weekend, I also recorded our final um, Patreon episode of the month with Ben, which was a new segment that we had never been done before, but that is receiving, you know, awards across the board. Um, Ben and I on Saturday night decided to indulge in a little greenery and recorded a podcast episode just talking about some of the, you know, the the finer things in life, the the things that make you question your entire existence. Is the world a simulation? Um, Is a hot dog a sandwich? It was really funny, and it's available on our Patreon, and that was our fifth episode of the month, and it's now March. Can you believe it? We're coming up on the one-year motherfucking, oh, we're not only coming up on the one-year anniversary of um, quarantine. COVID. We are also on the three-year anniversary of our cancellation. Yes, which means we're a month away from the three-year anniversary of the toast. Yes, so it's really just like a a time full of anniversaries. And I would like to take this moment to reflect because I was thinking yesterday my time hop um, was really depressing from this day And yesterday, three years ago, because it was like screenshots Mm -hmm. of like really mean tweets. And I, I, you know, I wrote about it in, in my book, like how I was reading, like most people take a break from social media, not me, searching my name on Twitter to see what everyone was saying about me. And it was just like, it was such a hard time for both of us and like our whole family. And now three years have passed and I feel like we've come so far. And I just wanted to take a moment to like say how proud I am of us in our growth professionally, personally. And it really, um... And especially, like, after now my book is out and, like, I really was able to, like, say my piece, I feel like you and I are just, like, on this journey.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been on a journey. Yes. But I agree. The journey continues. Yes. And on the no, third it's,
0: anniversary. It's also the anniversary of the day you got engaged. So congratulations. Right. It's
1: so funny. Like, Olivia called me yesterday and she was like, happy anniversary of your engagement. And I was like, oh. I, right. I had no idea that because also for happened. me, it's like, if I want to celebrate the, if I want to like commemorate the anniversary of my engagement, then I also have to like, you know, think about the cancellation. So I just put both
0: out in a box, like You know, you far celebrate away. your wedding anniversary.
1: Yeah, I know. But no, it would be like a fun um, anniversary to celebrate like otherwise. But you know, in so many ways, like the cancellation was, it was meant to be, you know, oh. like everything, everything that, you know, will be. Is. Is. No,
0: that's so true. Everything that will be is. (laughs) You're so right. No, but
1: it's true. And, you know, like, obviously it was a very painful day. But like you said, we've come so far. we learned so, so much from that. And I think, and I know we're both, like, better people for it. Mm -hmm. And for
0: that, I'm grateful. No, I completely agree. And I feel like that's. Like, I'm really proud of our outlook on it, too, because I think a lot of people, if they had been in this position, would be like, oh, my God, this day, I wish it never happened. But in so many ways, I'm I'm so grateful for the experience. And you got to look at life that way. Like, some of life's biggest adversities are blessings in disguise. I know. And it's like,
1: when people tell you that when you're down. And it's the, the last thing, thing you want, want to hear. It's the last thing you want to hear. But unfortunately, well, fortunately, it is so true. Yeah. But it doesn't help in the moment. So if you're down and you're hearing this, like, yes, you will get back up. But I... My heart goes out to you. 100%. So, yeah, very busy. Yeah, it's a busy time for time Hop.
0: It's also, like, the one-year anniversary of when we were, like, in L.A. being, like, fabulous business women Right before corona striked. And, like, we wore a mask on the plane. And, like, part of it was just, like, ooh, a mask. Like, it wasn't, oh, I'm trying to protect myself from this deadly virus. We're like, oh, we're dramatic. Like, it, nobody – I thought it was going to be a flash-in-the-pan H1N1, like, not – even remotely, what it was going to be. And then when it was the two-week thing, I'm like, all right, maybe it'll be a month. Never did I think a year later you would be in quarantine still. Right. No,
1: I knew, like, we were in for something, but I never, if you had told me one year, I mean, I guess it's it's good that nobody told us one, like, we'd still be doing this a year later because we wouldn't be able to get through. Yeah, yeah, I agree. On life. So lots of anniversaries to celebrate today. Um, Also, speaking of content, so my weekend was just like... It it was so it was so crazy because mentally I was just elsewhere because I was watching Victoria Friday right. and Saturday. And it's like so good. But, you know, I'm in I'm in the 1800s. And then I had to start the book for the Redheads, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. So I started that on Saturday night. And it is it's about the Great Depression. And it is so depressing. Yeah. Um, but like, if, at That's, least for me, tracks. No, it tracks. Like, it really encapsulates the depression of the Great Depression. There is no, like, getting out of it. There's no, like, we're just going to skate over this painful part. Like, the whole thing is so painful. But I'm, like, so enraptured in it. I'm almost done. I'll, I'll finish it when we, when this afternoon I'm at, like, 88%. But I'm, like, really enjoying it. I'm just, like, so into it. So I'm just, like, not present today i'm in
0: the great depression and or like the victorian era so this is kind of like a warning like if you do come off with like a morose vibe it's because you're currently stuck in the great depression the is great that what depression. you're saying yes yes oh, okay. that's, what that's what I'm like saying. super interesting and i think it's
1: a good just you know disclaimer for the episode
0: yeah well i watched so much stuff over the weekend first of all i watched that movie promising young woman starring carrie mulligan Never even, like, I'm so off the grid. I don't even know what that is. I know. That's pretty much, like, the only Oscar movie I had heard of or, like, even, like, seen a commercial for. It was very, very, very good. Um, The ending was unbelievable, like, as in not believable. And it was a little (laughs) slow in the beginning, and I had a really hard time picturing Carrie Mulligan. I don't think she did such a great job encapsulating this character who was, like, you know, know, in a bad place and, like, strung out on luck. And I I didn't think she was so great as... As that I was having just a hard time believing, like, she's a girl who lives at home with her parents and has long hair. Like, it, I just wasn't buying it. But the premise of the movie was awesome like, it's like a trigger warning, it is about like sexual assault and rape. Um, and I thought they handled like the sensitive topic really, really well, and I enjoyed it very much. Um, and the ending was just crazy. And then I also watched Nick Jonas on SNL, and I have to, I, I wanted to come on here and speak on it for a multitude of reasons because I feel like on this show. I'm very hard on Nick Jonas. Would you agree?
1: You are so hard on him. It's always on me to pick up the slack and hear it. And then I just become like, I'm the one that, who stands Nick, apparently.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say, like, the reason I do that is because I feel so strongly about Joe. And and even though, like, they'll tell me otherwise, like, I firmly believe like there is some sort of competitive, um, there's something going on there between the two of them. So that's why I am so hard on on him. Because if you read my book, you know how, like, deeply connected I feel to Joe Jonas.
1: Yeah, but that would be like if someone was a huge fan of yours and then they just, like, talked crap about me because okay. they loved
0: you so much. But have we ever given people a reason to think that there's any sort of, like, dra- drama or trouble between us? No. I guess not, but they've given us reasons. Time and time again, the Jonas Brothers have given us, they give us a whole documentary about it. Like, there's something there. Yeah. You, you cannot convince me otherwise. Fine. Continue. But having said that, I have to say Nick Jonas was unbelievable on SNL. It was, let me tell you why. It was the perfect culmination of so many things. The writing was so good. Probably like the best group of skits I've seen in so long, like so on point with what's going on in the world and just like general comedy. It was really good writing. And Nick, like his talent was undeniable from the singing to the acting It was, from his performance to then, like, you forget he has a Broadway background, so he sang in most of his skits, which I liked because he's so talented vocally. He was just all around excellent, like, truly excellent, and I wanted to come on here and say that because I'm always preaching, you know, the opposite.
1: Yeah, no, that's really sweet of you to say that, and I'm glad to hear that. Maybe I'll check out some of the skits if you want to send me some of the highlights.
0: Yeah, it was just, it was really good. Like, it was funny, and, you know, SNL, I, I feel like a lot of times they miss the mark on, like taking the temperature of the current climate, and like some of their sketches are just like like straight up not funny. Yeah, some, yeah, right. Most. So- the writing was was really good. Um, and then last night, I started the HBO Max documentary on Woody Allen. And I don't know much about Woody Allen other than, like, he married Soon-Yi, who, like, was, you know, his wife, well, girlfriend's adopted daughter. Like, I, I just knew there was, like, a weirdness there. And the documentary, it's, two, it's four parts. Only two of them are out. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I learned a lot just about, like, the history of Woody Allen and Mia Farrow and, like, her family and his work and all of their kids. And it was just, like, an interesting dynamic. Um, but when I posted about it on my Instagram, people directed me to Moses Farrow's, who was one of the kids in the family, one of the older kids. He wrote a blog post um, recently just about it all. And it was it was crazy. Like, the documentary really highlights, like, how Woody is – gross. Like you can see it in some of his movies and then his behavior with the kids. But what the, the other son, um, wrote that like all all this, you know, press about the family is failing to mention is like how abusive Mia Farrow was and like how growing up in her home was so traumatizing. And now he's like a, I think he's a licensed psychologist. Like he's really smart. Um and it was just like it's so layered. And I don't know if the documentary goes into all of it because the documentary is really told from the perspective of Mia Farrow. She's kind of guiding the narrative. Um but there's just so many resources out there about all of it and it's crazy.
1: Wow. That's something I, – I I will watch that because that's something that I want to get a better understanding of. Um, but knowing that it comes from her perspective, like, it's – and it's a battle between the two of them. Yeah, no. It's, it's been over the years, like, then it's hard to get the full picture, no? It's
0: confusing because at first I was like, I wonder if Mia Farrow's – like, is this a documentary? Like, who's talking? Is she in it? And then when she popped up, I'm like, oh, damn. And it's just – there's so many people involved and you see the people on the documentary are all from Mia's family. And then a lot of the kids there's, she had so many kids and it's so sad. Like so many of them have passed away and Moses is like kind of the only one who's not on Mia's side. Ronan Farrow is in the documentary and the whole documentary is really centered around Dylan Farrow because she is the child who experienced the abuse from Woody Allen. So, I was, like, so shocked after watching the documentary. And then this blog post, which is super long and very detailed, you know, preaches the exact opposite. So it's so crazy. And it's just – it's worth watching watching the documentary and reading this blog post. So thank you to everyone who sent it to me. I'm now, like, involved in this rabbit hole.
1: Right. But if they're going to the trouble of making – did you finish the documentary?
0: Well, so it's, it comes out every week. So there's two more parts.
1: Got it. So I hope that they include – Moses Pharaoh's account, or you know s- someone's perspective because if they're going to go to all this documentary to tell this entire story, like you should get the
0: entire story right and so in last night's episode um when they discovered the abuse to Dylan Pharaoh, Moses Pharaoh, who was not um a biological child of Woody Allen but had been adopted by Woody Allen because they had like a really close like like connected immediately when they met um he had written a letter when they found out about the abuse to Woody Allen and said, um, you're not my father. Like it, like really, really devastated. And in the years since then he has recanted that letter and that's what the documentary said. They did not mention his blog post and it wasn't until someone DM'd me about it on Instagram that I knew about his blog post. Wow. Oh my God. This is like, there's so much. I'm so enthralled. I need to watch it. It's so layered and it's also so deep in like Hollywood, like Mia Farrow was married to Frank Sinatra. Like I did not know that. Whoa. When she was 21 and he was 51. Whoa. Yeah, so there's just, like, a lot to unpack. And there's still two more parts of the documentary. And it's, it's good. I, I would recommend it. It's well done. Okay, I'm, I'm almost done with Victoria.
1: I'm almost done with my book that leaves a sliver open on my content plate to slide in something and surpass everything else I said I put on my plate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, Ben, like, doesn't care about, like, any of this, like, stuff that we are so passionate about. And I watched both parts with him, and he was super interested by it. So Zach might like it, too.
1: Okay, cool. Good to know. And you think Bruno will like it?
0: Uh, I don't know. Unclear. Yeah,
1: Bruno. I mean, you think I'm stuck in the Victoria era? Like Bruno <laughs> is obsessed with period pieces. Like it's crazy. Also, because there's oftentimes like a lot of dogs and like animals for hunting and horses, and so he loves those scenes. Oh, of but course. also, Queen Queen Victoria had a King Charles Cavalier yes. named Dash, and so Bruno was just like simpatico with Dash.
0: Dash is actually a really cute name for a dog.
1: No, like Queen Victoria and Dash, like you should actually watch it just for that. Name a more iconic duo. No, name a more iconic duo. I shall wait. Um, So yeah, that's what I was like. Remember in um, remember in Greatest Showman when the troupe goes to England to meet with the Queen? Yeah, she has the Cavaliers. It's Queen Victoria. She oh, has the Cavaliers. And then also in season, I guess I'm on season three now, she actually references P.T. Barnum once. And I'm just <gasps> like, oh my God, this I, is the greatest shot. I love
0: when history <laughs> is just repeating itself,
1: literally. No, I love when history is referencing itself. Yeah, that's what I meant. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, do you want to get into everything? Because we have so much to discuss today. And that
0: was my whole weekend. If you have anything else that you want to share with the class, now is the time. Speak no, that was my whole forever. weekend as well. Just like watching TV and getting myself ready for my trip. Like buying unnecessary clothes, getting pedicures. Like that's what I did. Nice. And how's Theo just before we just so perfect, beautiful. He spent the day yesterday with his in laws because Ben and I was like were like super busy getting ready for our trip. So he came back just <laughs> pooped.
1: They're they're actually his grandparents.
0: Oh, God, sorry. In-laws. My in-laws, yes. Theo's grandparents. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Theo
1: has in-laws. Theo does have in-laws. Um, just one last question.
0: How was Nick Jonas's new song Spechemin? Okay. It was <laughs> really good. Like, And he performed another song that I actually liked even better. I think his solo music is... He's very talented, like in terms of songwriting, but it was really bothering me. Cause like the hook of the song is like, I feel like a spaceman. And he says it 1000 times and not once. And the whole song is about like quarantine, like feeling overwhelmed, like the news cycle, making us paranoid. Um, and I really felt like the song needed him to say like, I could use, an, I feel like a spaceman. And then one time he said, I wish he said I could use some spaceman. Like it just, I was waiting. Cause it's like a brilliant play on words. Never said it. I know. I feel like he might have been tempted, but it's just too, it's too Casey. And then maybe some people thought he meant it was about the Jonas brothers. You know, I don't, I think maybe that's why he didn't want, but Kevin Jonas did go because Kevin Jonas lives in New Jersey. He did go to SNL and was part of the monologue. And it was funny. They were like, Kevin was like, you're doing a lot of solo projects and I just bought a house. So are we cool? (laughs) And Nick was like, it was actually a really funny way to address the elephant in the room. So I feel good about the performance. I don't feel like the Jonas Brothers are breaking up anytime soon. Even though Joe did not post about it in the moment, he posted on his feed uh, about Nick's new album and he didn't post on stories of him watching SNL. I know he is a child. He's probably super busy. I just thought that was an interesting factoid. Got it. Well I saw Sophie posted. So oh, Okay. Yeah. So no,
1: I felt good about like the level of posting from the family. Okay, good. No, I'm glad you I did. felt like they were being supportive.
0: Good. That's that's really all you can hope for from family.
1: That is all you can hope for. <laughs> okay, now it is time. Let's get right into the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake
0: up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode of The Morning Toast is brought to you by The Zebra. Insurance can be complicated, and that's why The Zebra was created. When you use thezebra.com, insurance finally feels like it's in black and white. No more confusion, just honest rates from real companies. The Zebra is the nation's leading insurance comparison site for car and home insurance. They can help you save money today. It's so easy. Go to thezebra.com and answer a few questions to compare accurate insurance quotes for free. And don't worry, the Zebra protects your personal information and makes sure there are no hidden fees or surprises along the way. The best part, you can secure your insurance from thezebra.com or over the phone from one of their licensed insurance agents. How much money can you save on your car or home insurance? Visit thezebra.com slash toast. That's T-H-E-Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash toast for insurance in black and white.
1: Love it. Okay, first story, Bachelor Nation, y'all. There is so much news, but the biggest news of the weekend is that Emmanuel Acho, it will be hosting The Bachelor after the final Rose special after Chris Harrison steps away. Two weeks after longtime Bachelor franchise host Chris Harrison announced that he would be stepping aside for a period of time, ABC announced that Acho 30 will be stepping in to discuss the outcome of The Bachelor Season 25 starring Matt James, the franchise's first black lead. Acho will sit down with James to talk about the reality star's season, his final decision, and where he is now, as well as cover the current events about the franchise, according to the press release. Acho will also speak with the final three women, Brie, Michelle, and Rachel, during the one-hour special. Acho is a former Philadelphia Eagles linebacker Linebacker turned sports analysis and New York Times bestselling author of Uncomfortable Conversations
0: with a Black Man, which was named after his successful YouTube series of the same name. Yes. So this is who Rachel Lindsay, before she kind of went radio silent, which we'll talk about in a minute, this is who she had recommended. So Mm -hmm. if Rachel Lindsay thinks it works, then I think it works. And I also, I watched a lot of his um, video series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And I think he does a great job of talking about race and these uncomfortable things and being super direct about it. And there's so much to unpack in After the Final Rose between Chris and Rachel, Rachel Kirkconnell, excuse me. So I think that this is a great, um, selection and I think that he'll do a great job.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a great choice. I think it's he's clearly someone who is capable of having this conversation and also is a bona fide host. So I think right. you needed needed someone who has those two qualities. And so I really look forward to the conversation that they do have. I heard that after the final Rose is taking is
0: recording later this week. So it still hasn't happened. See that's crazy because there's still so much unfolding like new there's drama every day within bachelor nation so if it films this week and airs in three weeks i'm afraid that like there will be stuff that they don't cover
1: that's true i think it's airing it's airing in like two weeks so hopefully everyone can
0: keep a lid on everything no until then they can't like it's every day now the bachelor franchise which is not something i expected to see this year is imploding like it can't sustain itself
1: Yeah. So a lot of other things happened this weekend, most notably Rachel Lindsay deactivated her Instagram, um, citing uh, like online harassment and bullying. And uh, I guess like all these trolls in her comment section of people, I guess it's people defending
0: Chris Harrison and are upset with. They're like blaming Chris stepping back on Rachel, which to me is so crazy because if you watch that extra tv interview it is very clear that like chris harrison showed up to that interview with a shovel and he dug his own grave like rachel did you watch rachel didn't even say anything she no, just let so him true. go like so to blame rachel is so insane and it's so unfair and I, I i feel so bad that she's getting so much hate for it because it's it could have been anyone else sitting there and chris harrison didn't even acknowledge Rachel. Like he was just going on his own fucking tirade. Like it's so crazy to me that people want to blame Rachel for the but, yeah. for the words of like a 49-year-old man who knew exactly what he was doing and saying. And it's really unfair. And I think justice should be served for Rachel. I think if we didn't know it before, we know it now. Like Rachel is done with this franchise. Like she doesn't need yeah. the headache. She told
1: us that she's done and she is really, really done. I had no idea that that's what was happening. Like with, there's so many different like – waves within like bachelor nation and like all these the things story are happening. Is in, layered. Yeah, no, but also like all these things are happening like in comment sections and on Reddit and like I, I don't know, we just read headlines and I'm like right. and all the, you know, all so many cast members have come out in support of Rachel Lindsay and it felt like she was being so supported. But then to find out that like she's actually being harassed. Yeah.
0: What's going on? Yeah, because when she deactivated it, I'm like, oh, I wonder why. Maybe she's just like overwhelmed with all that's been going on. And I didn't know because I didn't see it. I'm not in her DMs and I don't read her comment section Mm -hmm. and I don't read Reddit and I don't read these platforms. So I didn't know that this was happening. And now that Brian is speaking out and I and and I think that like a lot of people have been blaming Rachel, which to me is like so illogical. Like if you want to blame someone, wouldn't you blame the person who said that shit?
1: Yeah, I I just, it's so illogical. I was really shocked to hear that that's what was happening within Bachelor Nation. I hope Rachel, like, takes as much time as she needs to just get away from all of that. That's so taxing.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Rachel is actually one of those people who, like, really values, like, energy and, like, spirit and when you're being harassed, that really fucks with like your overall energy, your aura. So I really respect her decision to pause on Instagram. Um, And I just hope she's okay. Like I, I, Rachel Lindsay, I can definitively say is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. She's been nothing but kind to, I've never met one person who has a negative thing to say about her. And so the fact that she's somehow now in the middle of this, like is so Mm -hmm. stupid. Yeah, no, I agree. I hope that she's
1: doing okay. And that, you know, these things can be so, so fucking hard on your mental health. Like mm-hmm. having, you know, it's like, um, you watch The Social Dilemma, right? Yes. Something that they said like really stuck with me. It's like human beings are not wired to like ingest thousands upon hundreds of thousands of millions of other people's opinions like yeah. all at once. Like the way that the internet is structured where it's like everybody can let you know their opinion of you. It's like we are not built to with be able yet, at least we haven't evolved yet to be able to like withstand like that level of of criticism and yeah. so sometimes you just have to unplug
0: no that's a really good point and i remember hearing that on the social dilemma and feeling the exact same way so i'm just sending positive vibes to rachel um because she does not deserve this
1: no not nobody at all nobody does yeah um also last night in bachelor nation uh taylor nolan oh my god yes. was in the news for past offensive tweets. Now, Taylor Nolan was on Nick Vile
0: season. She has since become, um, the emotional intelligence girl. If you guys remember, she fought with Corinne.
1: Yes. And I think she was engaged to Derek. Oh, so yes, she obviously. went on paradise and
0: that was kind of redeeming for her. Cause she came off really snobby on, um, Nick season, Nick's was it? season. but then Nick, she yeah. had a really redeeming season on bachelor in paradise where people, um, Derek really can liked- do that to a woman. <laughs> Trust me. I know. <laughs>
1: Um, and since she has been sort of an activist on Instagram, last night a bunch of old tweets of hers resurfaced, very offensive tweets, and she immediately took to Instagram to release a video, a long video, um, apologizing, sort Uh, of.
0: Yeah. Sort of. Which... (laughs) Well, to me, like this is a this isn't an unordinary story. I think this is something we're seeing a lot with reality stars, influencers. I mean, I we can speak to that very acutely. Um, but to me, what really escalated this story was two things. I think the sheer volume of tweets. Um, I don't think we're used to seeing people quote unquote exposed with like fifty tweets. It's, I, I've seen a lot. And for me, what what took it to like a really strange place was the very odd non-apology. Yeah, well that was her first approach, sort of being like
1: cavalier, indignant, cavalier but also like not apo- like apologizing but not to the people that she offended and really like glazing over the whole thing. And then I she deleted that video and has
0: since posted like more contrite messaging. And she said she's going to do a podcast about it. But everyone saw that initial video. She put up a bunch of stories that were like a summation of what was going to be in this video and then posted the video. And I watched the stories and I watched a decent amount of the video, but I felt like I was being so gaslit. Like I could not, (laughs) I couldn't finish it. Like it was crazy. And I just thought it was a very odd approach. And like, I'm a chubby person. I am a Jewish person. Like I read those tweets. A lot of them were about people like me and I'm, it's very difficult to offend me. It really is. And that's just the type of person I am. And that's just me. I I can't stress that enough. And I know that a lot of people saw those tweets and were triggered, but as someone who has said, you know, really crazy, offensive things in her past, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I really, really do. And so I thought, okay, I mean, these tweets are really bad, but it was 10 years ago and she's, you know, come on social media in the last couple of years, really being an advocate for equality. And I don't think that that should be undone because of her tweets. But I did think that she really dug herself into a hole with that incredibly bizarre, condescending, smug apology, because I don't I don't care who you are. What you've done in your life. If you hurt someone or you said something offensive, and I wrote this in my book, you should always apologize. You no one, no matter what you've done, who you are, the work that you've done, absolutely nobody is above an apology. And the the vibe that I got from that video was that she's such an ally now, she doesn't need to um, apologize. And I don't agree with that logic whatsoever. Right? It's like, but
1: if this were someone else, like she would. She yes. would be so hard on them. And and I personally can understand, like, you can be a different person and not think things or say things that you once said. Like, I know that from personal experience. So, yeah. like, I am, again, like, in the business of forgiveness. And I don't tend to hold people to words that they said many years ago. 100%. But her approach was very strange.
0: Yeah. And, and, and honestly, and, like, you offended said, me more. Just smug. Offended yeah, me more than the, it, because at also at the beginning of the video, she made it very clear that this video and this apology was directed towards BIPOC people, which is, is one of the groups that she targeted in her tweets, but she mostly targeted the disabled, um, Indian people. Like there were so many groups. And so I just, I, I was genuinely left confused by her approach. That's that's the word, like very confused.
1: Yeah. She also made like mentioned so I guess these tweets were like surfaced on Reddit by people who um are Chris Harrison. And they wanna invalidate the work that she does as an ally, right. she said. And so so she thinks that because it was surfaced by quote bad faith actors that, you know, it that it doesn't require as much of an apology, but I don't I don't see the logic in
0: that. Oh and Sorry, the whole. This is what I wanted to say. She who has ever who has ever uncovered someone's tweets in good faith. But, well, that's the thing. Like that's a moot point. Like that's just obvious. <laughs> um, but to me, what was so telling about the whole thing is that she made it very clear in her stories and in this video that she's known about these tweets for a while. She knows they existed, and she left them up on purpose to um, be a, a proof of how far she's come in her life and the work that she's done, and. Well, I did think that was an interesting strategy to be like, you didn't get (laughs) me, I got me first. There is no proof of her ever acknowledging these tweets. Like, she she is a full-time activist. Like, she charges people, this is her living, she charges people on Venmo to teach them about equality, about race. And so this is her full livelihood, and there's no proof of her ever just even acknowledging these tweets, being like, yeah, I used to be super ignorant. There's no proof of that, so... At first, I was like, oh, you know, that's an interesting thing. Like, oh, she knew about them. She left them up on purpose because she wanted people to know. You know, she used to have really dark thoughts and and offensive thoughts. But through her own therapy and whatever journey she was on, she came to this conclusion. I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. But then upon further investigation, there is literally not one morsel of proof that she's ever acknowledged these things. So I'm curious if she'll be issuing refunds for her... Classes, like I'm just, it's all so confusing because it's a Did bad situation sh- made worse by the fact that her video was by the- her self righteousness.
1: Like, yeah, and that's the thing, and that's what it comes down to. And I feel like what we're always trying to say is like, we are all human, and it's not even like those in Glass Stones shouldn't throw houses, shouldn't throw- <laughs> <laughs> you know, people in Glass Stones
0: should not throw houses. <laughs> You're right. It's
1: not even that those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. It's like nobody should throw stones because nobody is perfect. Like even someone like Taylor Nolan, who up until two days ago you thought was the picture of righteousness because that's like the standard that she held herself to. It's like, no, we we are all guilty of having, you know, said the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing, like just not being – not being the – Perfect. I, I you yeah, know, no. but that's
0: also part of, that's just being human. Like you learn as you grow. Why this is so heightened is because Taylor has kind of become, um, a, a sort of authority on calling people out. And yes. I think that Becca Martinez from RA season put it really well. It's like, you're always demanding accountability from other people, you know, things from their past. Like even with Rachel Kirkconnell, which she just had stuff come out from her past. Um, So when you become that authority figure, you automatically, whether you realize it or not, you put yourself on a pedestal. So to not only have it come out that Ritt Taylor Nolan Nolan is not perfect, which no person is, but she had, you know, on a scale of one to 10, a 10 in terms of tweets, like in terms of their content, in terms of the volume, the the sheer amount of them. So this is why I feel like why I'm always saying like, and I hate that the word grace has become like... Co-opted because now it's like great and, and 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 what I'm trying to say is like I just think we should all be a little more uh I don't know what the word is, a little just more open, I guess, in terms of criticizing people. Because if you're perpetuating this type of culture where you know people who have made mistakes um should be quote unquote canceled then you have to be the type of person who's never made a mistake in their entire life. Right, but I'm, what
1: I'm saying is that's
0: impossible of because course.
1: even if it's not, you know, one thing, just nobody's perfect. But no. also but also if you are this type of person who for every mistake that other people have made like they need to be canceled, then you should cancel yourself. By that logic, right. And I don't believe and that's what I don't believe in that. It. I don't believe that, but I, I hope that, you know, this situation like, I do think everyone deserves grace in these 100%. situations. And so uh, maybe it's it's an interesting spot to be in. I don't know if Taylor Nolan sees it like that. And I, I think it's clear from the stuff she put out yesterday that she doesn't. It's not like she's finally seeing the other side of like, oh, people can grow and change. And that maybe they're not who they yeah. were 10 years ago. Um, But I think... I hope that one day that's where we can all land and just stop going so hard at each other. Like, yeah, this is is a
0: real like this could be a case study
1: for. I know it's so crazy because it's so circuitous, like this whole cycle of cancellation to where it's like when it's a person, you know, holding it, the the person who's executing
0: cancellations gets canceled. You know, and that's, and literally that was the point I made in chapter eight of my book. Let's not perpetuate uh, a type of culture that cancels people for making mistakes because the person doing the canceling inevitably, I don't care who you are, how thoughtful you are before you speak, people accidentally say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, misspeak, Don't understand someone else's life experience and end up offending someone. We live in in a sensitive culture. So no matter who you are, you will inevitably say something that rubs people the wrong way. So I think to judge people so harshly for it when odds are you have been or might be guilty of the same thing is a mistake.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, it's just like history. Like even Robespierre was executed by the guillotine. Sure. I don't know who that is. He built
0: it. Well, he championed
1: it. He sent thousands of people to it. Poetic. That's it, yeah well that's that's all that happened in Bachelor Nation, yeah, it's a and lot. then of course, the other p- layer of all of this is that, like there are all of these Bachelor Nation celebrities now, like there must be hundreds, yeah, and so every time something happens, like everyone has to say something about it, yeah, which then trickles into its own little tree branch, yeah.
0: of drama, yeah, and it's like this Bachelor Nation tree of drama, the ba. That is the name of today's episode. The Bachelor Nation Tree of Drama. A hundred percent. It's so layered. I know I keep saying the word layered, but it is.
1: Yeah. Because then it's like someone posts something, you know, talking about someone else. And then the comment section goes this way. And then someone replies to a comment and it's just like Bachelor Nation is just imploding. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. But I have our next story, which is some a- a really uplifting, some really uplifting news. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Jonah Hill is taking to Instagram and I love clapping so back at the Daily Mail. So there was a Daily Mail article um, with a picture of him surfing and then a picture of him after he was surfing, putting his shirt back on, with the headline: "Jonah Hill slips into his black wetsuit for a surf day in Malibu before showing off his tattoos while going shirtless to towel himself to towel himself off." First of all, how
0: else do you towel yourself off like without being shirtless? Right? No, no, no. Like. He's fucking shady. That's normal human behavior. You know, this is just classic media, like, wanting to make people look their absolute worst.
1: No, and it's like, even though the times have changed and the headline has changed and it's not saying, like, Jonah Hill showing off weight gain or some shit like that. Even though he
0: looks great to me, like, they were being shady. Oh, 100%. The shadiness isn't gone. It's just more subliminal.
1: Yes, so he posted that headline on his Instagram with the caption, I don't think I ever took my shirt off in a pool until I was in my mid-30s, even in front of family and friends. Probably would have happened sooner if my childhood insecurities weren't exacerbated by years of public mockery about my body by press and interviewers. So the idea that the media tries to play me by stalking me while surfing and printing photos like this and it can't phase me anymore is dope. I'm 37 and finally love and accept myself. This isn't a good-for-me post, and it's definitely not a feel-bad-for-me post. It's for the kids who don't take their shirt off at the pool have fun! You're wonderful and awesome and perfect. All my love. Oh, and Daily Mail. Not even you can take that smile from my face. Okay,
0: so Ben like actually, chills. Ben actually showed this to me, and and like Ben felt very moved by it because Ben has, you know, he when he was a kid, he was super chubby, and he was like, I was that kid. Like I never took my my shirt off, and I just think there's not a lot of men specifically straight men who talk about the body positivity movement. It's pretty much like a female space. And I just think it's really cool because no matter who you are, men, man, woman, non-binary, and everyone struggles with, you know, looking in the mirror and not liking what they see, looking back at them at some, uh, to some degree. And so I think it's just cool to have role models for, for people like Ben because Ben can't connect to the, the female space of the body positivity movement as much as, as I can.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I feel like you know the kids who didn't take their shirt off at the pool. Like we all, we all remember that. We've all been, yeah, and we've all even been there. Like literally for six years of my life, I didn't even own a bathing suit. Like I would, like because I was going to a pool. No, I'm not getting Uh, in a bathing suit. I'll just sit.
0: Hundred percent. Bathing suits are literally like one of the most traumatizing pieces of clothing that exist.
1: Right, and so, like, I, I feel this, too, and I just think it's such a great message, and I feel like it's one that we have not yet heard from, like, especially for young boys yes. who... Because they're, like, that's just... We all we all
0: know that kid, and, like, yeah. that kid deserves justice. And you know what? Jonah Hill is actually a really interesting celebrity because people like Ben, like, boys Ben, ain't, Ben's age, like, idolized Jonah Hill growing up, and he's a person who grew to enormous success not fitting the stereotypical hollywood male body and you know when he was in superbad and he became like this this icon in comedy as just looking like himself and i think that he actually and not in a direct way but he really became like a like a a hero in the space almost and i've never heard him speak about it until now and i just i just love him even more and justice for ruthie <laughs> Justice for Ruthie. You know who would love him? Ruthie. Yep.
1: That's all I saw when he was like he was he needs, like I, I love a woman and accept like myself. Ruthie s- to love him. He was like I love and, I, and accept myself. I was like so does Ruthie.
0: <laughs> Justice for Ruthie. Justice for Ruthie. You never know. Anything can happen. Yeah, but all in all, this is just I love Jonah Hill so much. I love him so much. We have absolutely no choice but to stand none whatsoever. Like I know we live in a free country, but we have no choice. We have no choice in this matter. None whatsoever.
1: Okay, this next story is some more uplifting g- good news. Half of the good story wait, wait. so is far. Is it the
0: uh, uplifting good news brought to you by Proactive? Yes, yes Wow, crazy coincidence. We all have stresses in life, from little to big stresses. And with all the stresses in life, acne shouldn't be one of them. From stubborn breakouts to occasional pimples, Proactive has you covered. Did you know that pimples don't happen overnight? Acne always seems to appear out of nowhere right before a big event. Oh my God, so true. Like literally I gets invited to one red carpet, gets a pimple. Oh, going on a trip tomorrow? Have a pimple on the corner of my mouth. Like it just never ends. So if you have stubborn breakouts, no problem. You have sensitive skin with occasional pimples, no problem. Proactive has you covered. They combine gentle skincare paired with clinically proven acne-fighting ingredients to treat your skin, and they have a bunch of different systems so you can find the right proactive system for you. Their three different solutions are based on your skin type, so the proactive solution is the original one that is pretty much suitable for all skin types, but then they also have Proactive Plus, which is for sensitive skin types, and Proactive MD, which is prescription strength for stubborn breakouts. It's the first combination therapy system that it started as a skincare revolution. I love Proactive because they've been around for so long. There's so much proven success. And with all these trends in the beauty industry, it's nice that Proactive is just kind of there for you always. And they have such proven results that there's no reason not to trust the system um, and right now is a great time to try proactive because for our our podcast listeners you can get a special limited time offer by going to proactive.com toast subscribe today and you'll receive proactive's hydrating duo as a free gift that includes four hydrogel masks and the green tea moisturizer and best of all you get free shipping so that's a lot of free stuff but you got to make sure to go to proactive.com slash toast to take advantage of the special offer that's proactive.com com slash toast and subscribe to consistently clear skin.
1: Yes. Okay, next story is some good news. Lady Gaga's dogs were found tied to a pole in an alley. The finder will get the $500,000 reward. Lady Gaga's two French bulldogs that were stolen uh, last week were tied to a pole in an alley miles from where they were dog-napped, and the finder is in for a big reward, TMZ has learned. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ that they believe the woman who found the dogs is a good Samaritan who happened upon the dogs and recognized them from all the media attention. We're told the woman saw the email address we posted from Gaga and said she found Found the dogs, and she was advised to take them to a nearby police station. The dogs are fine. I don't know so if I believe Gaga, that. Oh, I well, mean, I'm sure the police will do their their work.
0: The people who stole the dogs were obviously looking for a financial gain, either from Lady Gaga or because French bulldogs can be sold on the black market. So they wouldn't just give it up because they happened to kidnap a famous person's dog. They're like, oh, I could get ten thousand for this dog on the black market, or five hundred thousand from Lady Gaga. Well, the people who kidnapped the dog, I don't,
1: I don't think that they could have given it back without, like, eventually them being found
0: out. Unless so this I is think, their scheme.
1: No, I think that they didn't know it was Lady Gaga's dogs. They saw the media attention. They figured someone might eventually, reco- like, they might uh, get caught for this. I mean, I don't know these people, but this, that, right. this is just what I'm thinking. And so they were like, we don't need this drama. We'll go steal some, someone else's dogs. I guess. But also the, the dog nappers and the shooter are still at large, and right. that's really, like, that's the other half of the story. Like, I'm happy that the dogs are safe, but of this course. now was shot four times. Yes,
0: no. To me, I feel like, and I don't want to, you know, misspeak, like, I'm super happy that Lady Gaga got her dogs back. Like, I cannot imagine being in that position. It. it, it was probably really, really hard for her. But I do wish there was more media attention on the man who was shot four times. Like I I, I tried to get like an update on his condition and I got it in my DMs, not even like on E! News. He's doing okay. He is expected to make a full recovery, which is amazing. Yeah, no, it's at the
1: absolute bottom of the story. Oh, right. not even his condition, but just that as for the dognappers, and in particular, the person who shot her dog walker, right. they are
0: still at large, although we're told the cops are combing the area for surveillance video. So this was just like an interesting story where I felt like the celebrity element was getting way more media attention than like the criminal element. The and like human The em- human yeah. element. Yeah. So, I've just been actually thinking, like I've been thinking a lot about the dog walker and I just really, really would like, was like praying for him and I hope he's okay. Cause that's, first of all, shot four times is so fucking crazy and it's such, you know, God willing, he makes it through then dealing with the trauma of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, and I hope that they catch these people. Yeah, me as well. So we'll keep you posted on that, but also some relationship drama over the weekend, Oh, are you ready for it? Because Chriselle and Keo have split up and it's gotten messy. Krishelle Staus is calling ex Keo Matzeppi out for playing the victim in their recent split. On Friday, People Magazine posted that a source close to Keo said he's heartbroken with his short-lived relationship with Krishelle. The source said he enjoyed his time with Krishelle and was hundred percent in it. He's had a tough time with his mom's passing, but he really wanted to make his relationship with Krishelle last. So then Krishelle posted a screenshot of that article and said, "Okay, I truly wanted to keep this drama-free, but playing the victim and bringing your mom into it is a step too far for me. I was also one hundred percent." In it as well until revelations told me recently, uh, told to me recently, have made me question if you could even order a cup of coffee without lying. Ooh. She then posted a link to an article, Liar, Liar How to Break Free from Habitual Lying. When a fan pointed out that it was a source quote and not an official comment from Keo, she responded, I gathered all the facts before I posted. Don't worry, I know exactly where it came from. She said, um she is aware that it's coming off childish. If she ends up alone with cats, it was worth it. She's also human and not a robot. When you are the ass in the breakup and then the other person tries to let you save face and take the high road publicly, probably best not to poke a bear holding receipts. She said today wasn't the day. So like, wow, this went from so high to so low. Very quickly.
0: I don't know. I'm kind of like, I I, normally I would be like, this is so messy, but I'm actually really like into the fact that she's owning her messiness. And she's like, yeah, I know that I'm being like petty. Um, I just find this shocking because I feel like my only frame of reference for couples who have, you know, um, made it, who have, you know, started dating and dancing with the stars is like Artem and Nikki Bella and then like Robert Herjavec. And they're both so happy together. I just assume that if you're with your partner, like you're in love. Okay, well, two things to note. One, she's
1: not... He wasn't her partner, so maybe that was like... Oh, right. It was someone else's right? partner. Yeah. And two, yeah, most Dancing with the Stars couples, like, go the distance. The distance. So this is quite surprising, and I really thought that they were, like, such a great couple and would last longer than this, and and if they did break up, it would be in breakup. It would be, like, you know, one of those things, you know, scheduling conflict. Right. But so Eft- it's always... After not, years like, together. So it is... I do appreciate when a celebrity, like... Peels back the curtain and is like, no, 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 this wasn't like he's focusing on other things right now. Like he did me dirty and he's not going to he's not going to get sympathy.
0: You bringing up curtains in the same sentence as Chrishell, like only reminds me of that house she moved into on Selling Sunset after. um, What's his name? Uh, Justin Hartley Justin. kicked her out and like the house just had the biggest curtains I've ever seen in my life. No, it was all curtains, but it was also, like, so dramatic because, like, the paparazzi. Right, right. When, like, at yeah, the time, they were, like, nobody cared. They were burgundy. They were, like. Yeah, and they were just, <laughs> like, so thick, like, from Bed Bath and & Beyond and so ugly. And so just hearing you say curtains, I was just triggered. <laughs> no, I understand. Well, I'm, I'm glad she's finally pulling back those curtains and maybe throwing them in the garbage. Ho- no, hopefully. That's, you know, after a breakup, it's so important to purge. And I hope that the curtains are the first thing to go.
1: Yeah, but um, I hope that this is on Selling Sunset. Like, that's all I think about when reality shows, like, go through. Have, when reality stars, like, have real-time drama. Like, I just hope they caught it on film.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, also, when are we getting the next season of Selling Sunset? That's the real question here. I know. Pregnant Christine.
1: Did you see her doing yoga yesterday? Oh my God.
0: Sickening the mat down. She's so fabulous. Like she, to me, is the same level as like fabulousness of Dorit Kemsley, but I feel like Dorit only reached (gasps) that level after she already had had her children. And I'm interested in seeing that level of fabulosity being brought to the maternity um, industry.
1: I totally agree. Um, I also can't believe I didn't tell you this and I took me so long to mention it on the show but the other day dorit kemsley posted on instagram like a picture of her like on a green screen you know one of those yes and she said like guess your tagline for me or something and i commented like a suggestion that i thought was because it just came to my head it was it was um i'm not always on time um, but i'm always on point oh that's so good and then yesterday, she posted a picture on her Instagram of her in like a gown on the green screen again, not the blue one, a new one. And that was her caption: "I'm not always on." And people think that's her tagline. And I came up with it.
0: Shut the fuck. You know, I've actually noticed almost all the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've been asking on social media. I saw Kyle do it. Rina has done it in the past. She did it again this season. And I guess now Dorit is doing it, which is such a smart idea because the Bravo fandom is like so creative, like with their content. And if you ended up making Dorit's tagline, like I will just die. Like take me to a cemetery and bury me. No, like I think that I did. I don't know. Maybe she just used my suggestion
1: as a caption because it's a good caption idea right. too. But we'll find out soon. I'm sure. And like I would, that would just be like so exciting for me.
0: I don't know if she'll re- she would reveal it in her caption before like this trailer comes out.
1: I know. I I think the same thing. But either way, like also my comment had gotten like on her post asking for it. Like it got so many likes, so right. she obviously saw Inside it at the top. And so. Like, whatever she decided to do with it, I'm just, I'm happy to give it to her. Like, I was so excited. And also, it's true, she's not always on time, but she is always on
0: point. It's so important that you have a Real Housewives tagline that's based in facts, and yours 100% was fact-checked. Yeah, and, like, references last season's drama, because that's, like, she was always
1: getting in trouble for that. And so, um, just glad, happy to help. That's really good. Thanks. Okay. Fifth and final story. Let's make it a short one because my AirPods are dying again. Cause this
0: episode is like, we are just talking at a snail's pace. Apparently. Okay. Wait, is it the, is it by chance the final story that we have to do quickly because your AirPods are dying? Um, that's brought to you by zip recruiter. Is that the one? Yep. That's the one. Wow. What a crazy coincidence. Finding great candidates to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope that the right person comes along. Which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com toast. ZipRecruiter does the work for you. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter matches technology, finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other services may overwhelm you with applications to sift through, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers, including us at The Morning Toast, who post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com toast. That's Zip. Recruiter.com slash t-o-a-s-t just go to ziprecruiter.com slash toast zip recruiter the smartest way to hire okay Love we're it. back and jackie got new airpods so we're good
1: yes um and by the way when i talked about my old airpods dying so quickly last week people said that apple is releasing new airpods soon so don't get a new pair yet like wait
0: for the new oh. yeah airpods 3 or something. That's good to know. I mean, I hate what... I'm always inclined to, like, hang on to my old stuff because the sheer concept that, like, Apple knowingly, like, makes your... Once they release a new product, they make your old product like start to glitch. It really bothers me, and I won't give in to the patriarch.
1: Yeah, no, I had to give in here, but keys. I just want to say, a while ago, I complained on my Instagram that when I was doing Peloton rides with my AirPods, I could barely hear the instructors and the music, like it was so low. And people suggested like I use different AirPods, and so I've been using these Bose ones. Um, They're called the Quiet Comfort, and I use them for my Peloton rides. Solved all of my problems. I probably made that complaint. Over a a month ago when I restarted my Peloton and I hadn't charged them once in the whole month I was Pelotoning with them and they had battery 100% every time.
0: No, AirPods like are low key the fucking worst.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout out because like if I we could do podcasts for 10 hours if I wore these. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Okay, our fifth and final story is um, a little random, you know, food collaboration news by one
0: of Claudia's... RFCN? RFCN by one of Claudia's least favorite brands. Okay, but really quickly, it's not a story, and I'm glad you didn't make it a story because it was the most clickbait type shit, but could we talk about the trailer for Megan and Harry's Oprah interview? Yeah, I didn't watch it yet. Okay, Ready? I saw so much news. Harry and Meghan first speak, speaking out. We're going to see trailer. You'll never believe. I watched the trailer. First of all, it's 30 seconds. Oprah talks the whole time. Harry says one thing and he says, I just didn't want history to repeat itself. We have no idea what he's talking about. When we see Meghan, who looks like so absolutely stunning and gorgeous, like you never saw someone looking so perfect in your entire life. The trailer was so fucking clickbaity. I can't believe how much news there was. When Megan did not, sp- she didn't speak once in the trailer and Harry said one thing. It's not a trailer, it's a commercial for Oprah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's coming up this Sunday. So everyone, you know, m- bake your spinach artichoke dip now because. Gird your loins. Gird your loins. I,
0: yeah, I'm going to do a whole feast for it if you want to come over. But it was so, I'm, sn- I'm still not back. I get back Monday. Um, okay. It's so not newsworthy that it's crazy. Yeah,
1: no, I'm glad that I didn't do it either, but I also hadn't watched it, that's why. Okay, our fifth and final story is that Oatly is entering Starbucks cafes nationwide as it prepares for a big year. Oh my God. Claude, you're
0: about to see Oatly everywhere, so you better get comfortable. But what about the people? Okay, fine. I get that there are people who want oat milk at Starbucks, and I think that's great, but what about the people who were triggered by that Super Bowl commercial? What about us? I guess you're just going to have to go elsewhere. That's what they're saying. Well, I don't really shop at Starbucks ever. I think I've maybe, in my entire life, cumulatively, spent like $50 at Starbucks. Like, I just don't fuck with Starbucks. Right. So
1: it's like two brands that you don't like getting together. And I think that that's great. All the more reason to never go
0: to a Starbucks.
1: Yeah. Oatly will be served nationwide at Starbucks cafes, the coffee chain said on Monday. The Swedish company, Oatly, is shaping up to have a big 2021 with its first Super Bowl ad that Claudia really hated and confidentially filing for an IPO. So... But, oh, like, wow. for real, oat milk, you know, and it's actually contradictory to something that you said a few weeks ago because you were, like, going hard against the dairy industry. Um, but like, Against? I was? Yeah, you said, like, t- that, like, milking cows, like, just seems wrong. It, it does. I, I stand by that. But I do love me some milk. Right. And oat milk is actually, like, a dairy-free alternative. So it actually sounds like something you would maybe like.
0: Yeah. I'm stuck between a rock and a hard
1: place here. Yeah. I, I feel that. That's why I drink almond milk. But yeah. Bless you. Starbucks cafes nationwide Thinking. will carry Oatly's non-dairy substitutes starting Tuesday. The coffee chain said on Monday, the oat milk will be incorporated into Starbucks spring menu through the new
0: iced brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso. Ooh, that sounds I've good. I've literally never wanted to drink anything less. I don't like coffee. I don't like oat milk, but I do like brown sugar. Yeah.
1: Well, for Oatly, coffee shops are a crucial way to introduce consumers to its signature product. Consumers can try oat milk, usually for a small additional charge, which is common for milk alternatives without committing to buying an entire carton. Yeah, that's true. Like, you could try it once, see if you yeah. like it. But,
0: um, I don't know. Like, have to I do guess more. I should. I have to do more I research on, off. like, the
1: calorie content and stuff because I had heard that it's, like, more fattening than milk.
0: I, I have to... I think I have to lay off my hatred of Oatly, even though I just like it's really all stemmed from the triggering Super Bowl commercial, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I like to think of myself as an animal advocate. I mean, I still eat meat, but I, I, I eat it lovingly because I just I know that the animal suffered and, and I and I wish I could stop eating meat. I just can't. Um, So I really feel like I should lean into these dairy alternatives because milking cows sometimes I'm not. I'm not slighting the whole industry because I know there are a lot of really good farms that take care of their animals and don't exploit them. But in, you know, big, big dairy, it's not always the case. Yeah, I remember after we did that episode, we got, I got a bunch of messages, even like half
1: people saying like, you're, like the dairy industry is crazy. And then other people saying like, no, like farming, like justice for the farmers, like they love their yeah, cows. like the family
0: owned farm. Yeah. A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. You know, there,
0: there's both a hundred percent. And I actually read, um, the headline and a couple lines of the first page of this New York Post article. Um, Did you know that as of today, Bill Gates is like the biggest landowner um, tied like with McDonald's in the country. He owns the most land. Whoa, what does he do with the land? So he bought a bunch of farmland. I think him and Melinda are really um, passionate about like agriculture and um, like conflict-free farming and just like bringing, you know, ethics into farming. I don't know. So I think that they plan on using that land for you know, good, sustainable farms and uh, and well-run farms, something like that. So interesting. I think that's great. I
1: actually take a a, a big interest in farming today because um, it's a big part of The Four Winds, the book that I'm reading. And oh. um, i like I'm not even fucking with you. And so that's actually very interesting. And once yeah. again, like the book, like just giving me this new perspective on farming that
0: I hadn't thought about or known about before. That's what it's so. Why it's so important to expand your literary horizons? No, because, it's so you know, One true. day, one day you're reading a rom com, and the other day you're like, p- your interest is peaking in agriculture.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's so true. I'm not like it's b- quite quite interesting. I'm just like down this rabbit hole of like interesting historical subjects, and I don't think I'm coming out for a while. So catch me
0: there. Will do. I know where to find you. Um, Okay, so now for the TV recap segment, we really only have to talk about The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I'm going to be very frank, was like one of the most boring episodes of the franchise I've seen in a while. But that's because we're coming off of a high and, you know, now they have to set the scene for whatever happens next. And the whole episode is just them going home and talking to their families, husbands about what happened. But I did think the most interesting part of the episode was obviously the dinner where Portia, right before they left South Carolina, Portia got up and left and Toya kind of, um, for the first time publicly was like arguing with Kenya and Portia was like kind of all over the place because what she was accusing Kenya of, she was also doing to drew like kind of shaming drew for whatever she did at the party.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I was glad to see Toya like speak her mind to Kenya. I thought Toya was totally on point and then even and it really even when she went to the photo shoot and um was like they spoke about it they spoke about it and they were coming back together like I do think like Toya now has like her her eyes open to Kenya and I I also feel like she's someone who just because like Kenya told her not to do something like she's not not she's not gonna not stand by what she thinks and feels which I appreciate Yeah, she's not a follower like she still thinks that what Kenya did was wrong just because Kenya told her you're not allowed to think that like she's not gonna not think that
0: yeah but it did it did bother me like because before she went in on Kenya she was like going in on Drew and that's just because her and Drew don't get along which I understand but I was like disappointed that like she was doing the exact thing she was mad at Kenya for, which is like shaming the women, which is just like so hypocritical. Um, but this is why I live for Portia, like Port, and for me, the fact that Portia loves Drew, like that scene where they were eating muffins, where that muffin so looked cute, so fucking good, so cute. Like I trust Portia's judgment on the castmates, I really do. And so I'm, I'm full in on Drew. It took me a few episodes, but Portia kind of gave her like the Portia seal of approval, and therefore we stand. I totally agree, and I also really
1: like Drew's point of view at the dinner. um... Because Toya was like everyone at the table participated in a fun night with Bolo, and Toya was really just coming for Drew, and Drew had no time for that. I really liked how she stood up for herself, and eventually Toya like actually just moved on to coming for and Kenya. back down. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, yeah. So all in all, I was a little like, I'm just annoyed at Marlo because I feel like I've been a Marlo supporter forever. And I've always felt like she's just always being wronged. Um, but her like buddy buddying with Kenya and not, and, and and I feel like she's letting that new friendship with Kenya get in the way of like how she would actually feel if her and Kenya weren't like now just made up. I think Marlo, if it weren't for the recent reunion with Kenya, Marlo would have been on the right side of history and like would have been coming for Kenya. Um, so I'm like a little annoyed with her. Yeah, I'm really curious next week to
1: find out like who they think leaked this to page six because it is crazy that it was like such big news before the show aired.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm also now like thinking, at first Kenny was making it seem like two women and Bolo were in an open room together. And then I feel like after last night's episode, now it's like we're three of the women in Portia's room. And, And it's clear that like Portia was involved and she's not denying it but it's nobody's fucking business and she's not going to talk about it with people which i completely respect um and then Tanya just like she's <laughs> like accidentally like she didn't mean to she was like well i was in Porsche's room all night and we're like oh that's literally what we've been trying to figure out yeah
1: no she but i think she thought that like sometimes honesty like is the best policy and like if she it's like if she gave half of the truth which is like i was with right. Porsche all night then you know it looks like she's being honest so she's not lying but it's like no you told too much
0: yeah, and these women are just, like, especially Kenny, are, like, so hungry for, like, a little piece of evidence. And without knowing, like, Tanya just, like, put the evidence at the center of the table so everyone could feast on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the trailer for the rest of the season actually looks very good. Yeah, like, um, they all, always new, do. all new fights, all new drama. Yeah, things that we they haven't been teased before, and it looks like it's multiple fights. So it actually looks like it's really going to pick up. This episode was boring, but that is what happens when... Um, you're coming off like a crazy dramatic episode.
1: Yeah, like the trip's over and now it's just like the recaps. So it was still enjoyable because the women are so fabulous. Um yeah. But the rest of the season it does look really good.
0: Yeah, so we will continue to recap that The Bachelor Women Tell All is on tonight and I just don't want to watch it, but I'll I have probably it on. will. Even Even though, like, it was filmed so long ago and Women Tell All is so irrelevant at this point. Yeah,
1: like, Victoria. Oh, my God, you want to hear something so insulting? I was, so, since I'm watching Victoria, the show, I was, like, Googling just some facts about her throughout, and I searched Mm -hmm. Queen Victoria, and it's, like, you know, uh, husband, all the recommended suggestions, Queen Victoria, the bachelor. Wow. Like, that ain't right. That ain't right. Disrespectful to her legacy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to go back down that to that place where it's like so irrelevant now I'm not really looking forward right. to it but I'll have it on just in case something happens yeah but like at this point I just don't care and it's just gonna be like all the women auditioning for paradise and that's always the yeah. most annoying where the most random irrelevant people start like going so looking hard looking for their moment yeah uh
0: yeah Um, okay so that will be tomorrow's episode and tomorrow's episode will be unfortunately our final one of the week it'll be a podcast and then we are back in a week so tuesday to tuesday um you can head over to our patreon if you're looking for content maybe you want to save some of those episodes we'll have some up so um we'll still be back tomorrow but just want to warn you it will be a lonely week
1: yes it will be we'll miss you but we'll see you tomorrow for our final show bound to be a great one
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places so wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, the Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an amazing Monday. Don't let the Monday blues get you down, and we'll see you tomorrow with a very special guest. Bye.